Cameron Strang, and here with me, hunkered down <laughs> under the table, <laughs> cowering for our lives on the ones and twos, our illustrious brother Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, next in harm's way, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, like in the flood zone of Gatorland, Florida, yeah. Eddie Big Cat Hoffelt. I couldn't even fly a kite outside right now. That's and how it is. <laughs> high and dry and yes. worry-free in Nashville, Tennessee. inland. I'm watching Our my daughter kick a soccer ball outside while she's not at school. Speaker, uh, podcaster. Your kids don't go to school. Hold on, introduse me and then let's talk about Cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Yeah. Wait, Eddie, why are your children not at school? Because <laughs> they canceled school. Dorian's playing oh. mind games with everybody. The whole East Coast is getting is having mind games played with them right now. So the, you this. know we got we got to realize the majority of our listening audience is not directly affected by this storm. You know, right. like we are. Okay, yeah. so we'll give you a little context, everybody. We are give, we are recording Tuesday morning, uh, September third. You're hearing this maybe Tuesday night, September third. Uh, the the hurricane was supposed to be pummeling Florida today. You understand we're not anyone's main news source. Most people know the hurricane exists. No, I'm telling you, there's been some bad info. They have reporters on the front lines for a reason. That's what I'm doing. I'm telling you the stuff the lamestream media won't tell you. I am. This is the eyewitness report. All right. Overnight, Dorian stalled. Dorian said, nah, and just sat there (laughs) in the Atlantic, zero miles an hour, just deciding what to do. And here's what happened in Orlando, Florida. And destroying Florida. the Bahamas in the main, in the yeah. main stuff. My drive to work this morning was sunny and worry-free. <laughs> but the roads were completely empty because the entire state of Florida shut down. So we came in to do this podcast for you guys. We are completely safe. And we'll go home midday. It's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice day outside. Complete, complete non-issue. Just can I can I tell you my favorite because uh, I've been following the the Dorian news pretty closely is a very high up official in our country I will not say who <laughs> warned the state of Alabama that they could feel pain and <laughs> immediately after the <laughs> National Weather Service said in no way will Alabama be affected in any way. <laughs> <laughs> this high up official who may hold the highest office in the yeah. land double down. said it's a there's a chance it could to which the National Weather Service once again tweeted. There's no way that will happen. There's a lot of misinformation out there today. Hey, but listen, that's why I'm glad we got a good guest on who's talking about misinformation today yeah. and the importance of seeking truth. Wow, wow what a good segue. segue. real podcasting. Coming up, <laughs> coming up later, Jen Hatmaker joins us. Uh, oh, like, like Jesse said, we talked to her about the importance of seeking truth in a culture of fake news and political agendas and also how to have a productive conversation with people you disagree with. It's... Uh, Fascinating conversation coming up. Yeah. 
Stay tuned it's for that. So lovely. Uh, so, so everybody's safe. Eddie, all is good in Gatorland. Uh, I mean, it is literally nothing other than they just keep canceling schools because it's like, okay, so for those not in Florida, the weird thing is it's supposed to go up the East Coast, which is just a non factor for us. But if it does bump a little west, well, then it's kind of a deal. So, like, if this thing just bumped 40 miles west, well, it's going to be a, a decent sized rainstorm, but also that's not going to happen. But in preparation, they just cancel the whole world. So we all just pretty much sit around. However, we do the same when it snows. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's right. I I have been I have been eating nothing but pasta because every time I turn on the TV, everyone's talking about spaghetti models. Check out the spaghetti <laughs> models. There's, I've been carb loading just in case I need to hunker down for a while because all these spaghetti so models. Stupid. I'm like. You aren't even trying to hide your bits. Right, right, right. You're not even trying anymore. You're just like, hey, here's a new joke I thought. I'd have thought with him going towards a spaghetti model being a body conversation, like he was a spaghetti model. That's where Uh, I thought he was going to go. No, no, no. If you're following hurricane stuff as closely as I am, it's they have like the hurricane and they have all these lines going everywhere, showing every possible trajectory. It looks like spaghetti noodles. One notable thing, none of those possible routes is anywhere near Alabama. So don't believe news. No matter who's he telling just, you, even if they happen to be the commander and chief himself. He just sits there in front of CNN and he just pulls out a little reporter's notebook and he's like, hmm, what if the models were people? This is going to be great. Okay. <laughs> Arrow down. Did so anyway, I'm trying to be an actual spaghetti model. It's, it's Jess, you, that's what I thought we were going for. That's yeah, what I well, thought. I, we yeah, I, I, you thought I was going to zig and a zag. So no yeah. apologies. Did, were you, are you the one who came up with spaghetti model, the phrase, or is that a phrase they're no, using? That's, that's a, model, that's a yeah. phrase. They're th- it's half of oh, what whoa, everyone's whoa, talking about whoa. with this thing. Listen, when when breaks, I'm not angry about it. I just was wondering if you had created that. When, no, when you live on the real. coast and the hurricanes are part of your annual lexicon, you know the terminology. And yeah. Spaghetti yeah. Model is very much the name of the, the map with all the lines showing where it could go. Which is also... I called it band name Spaghetti Model. I'm just call, <laughs> calling it right now, Chandler. It's not yours. Hands off. <laughs> Chandler, that'd be a great band name for that stuff you do in the kitchen when you sing and rap in the uh, kitchen. Model. Oh <laughs> yeah, he could be yeah, making could, spaghetti while he does the song. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, because that's some enjoyable YouTube content that I have partook of, and I like it. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna send us a picture of a town being ravaged and people having to float away, and they're gonna be like. This is no laughing matter. We know that people. Uh, yeah, I'm not laugh laughing at the Bahamas. That was tragic. But you can laugh at me because I've been getting stuff together for a week and literally it's sunny and lovely outside. So yeah, feel free and to make I will fun say this on, on a serious note, too, uh, on, on relevantmagazine.com uh, on Tuesday morning, we put up a, a, a little article about the different um, charities that are helping the victims of the storm. Oh, if you are interested to kind of learning what different organizations are doing and, and how you can, can help, you can uh, go there and check that out. Dude, we had hurricane Irma go over our house. Like what was it last year? And it yeah. was, I mean, it was probably the scariest thing I have ever, we had a tree fall in our house. It was like the scariest thing I've ever been a part of. I cannot imagine what it's like for the Bahamas having a cat five move yeah. at a mile an hour just yeah. across. I mean, that Humbling. has got to be the worst. I, I, there's a uh, one of the weather channel yeah. guys said there's no one on earth living right now who's ever experienced what the Bahamas are experiencing right now, weather wise. This is that the last time this happened, no one who's alive right now has ever experienced anything like yeah. this. Well, and the end Alabama is the two of them have yeah. experienced. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no one's even heard of a cat five before this. 
<laughs> the thing that's crazy about the Bahamas, if you've been to the Caribbean islands, you know every building is built out of cinder blocks and pure concrete. I mean, they are built to withstand these storms, you know? What's crazy is when you're seeing the the footage of the storm surge and like the airport is flooded on the second floor. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like, that's what's crazy is seeing like 20 feet of ocean just washing over the entire island and you're just kind of going, okay, there's no cinder block that prevents that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the buildings are yeah. still standing by and large, but I mean, the flooding is just unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, our, our prayers for all those people affected, honestly. Also, and, quick question. Are you, I don't know this phrase. I've heard it. I don't use it correctly. Spaghetti yeah. Yeah. model. It's spaghetti model. My dog. The lines are going everywhere. Like someone threw spaghetti out there. Although oddly, none even close to Alabama. <laughs> by and large, by and large. I know that it's not and large. Yeah, and I so, say by so what and it is, large. it's a warehouse store and you buy in bulk. You can buy like a pallet of toilet paper there. It's by in large. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. So it's E N L A. And I believe the phrase must be by in large. It's because, right? You guys are all mm-hmm. writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't sort it out. By and mm-hmm. large. No, it's I need by to go- and large. I'm Googling it right this minute, actually. All right. Tell us what the Google says. By and large. I N. There you go. It's a sailing term. No. By and large. Oh, my. By and large is originally a sailing term, meaning alternately close hauled and not close hauled. What oh, does it mean? well, that's how I use it. But I, oh yeah, I only yeah, use that I only in use sailing. it in the nautical sense. I didn't know people yeah. used it if they're not on board a vessel. Yeah, so. I just by get up there and with, large. I get up there with my little captain and Tennille hat, and I'm just yelling by and large, and off we go. All right, we're moving the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's slices. Wow, I'm just gonna trust you in the process. Wow, all that fortune cookie help is nonsense. Wow, I don't need your advice in my comments. Wow, yeah, this no fairy tale. Yeah, do you still believe? And what you cannot see? Just watching me, but it's kind of hard to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still yeah. believe? Uh, and what you cannot see? Yeah, I don't got us watching me, but it's kind of hard to see. You're listening to Believe by Social Club Misfits. It's their new single from their new album. It's awesome. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard I Just Want to Shine by Fitz in the Tantrums. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? I have a twofer, and one is about the legal system, and I will start with that one. A man in Tennessee is filing a lawsuit against Popeye's chicken. Now, a lot of you guys know that recently Popeye's released their version of a chicken sandwich, uh, you know, coming at Chick-fil-A hard. And the, the sandwich is so popular, it's sold out around the country. And so... Uh, there is a guy named Greg Barr, and he really, really wanted one of these chicken sandwiches. And evidently, he drove around to a numerous Popeyes and came back to Popeyes after Popeyes employees said, maybe come back this time. We're going to have chicken sandwiches. 
He even ended up getting into a bad Craigslist deal from someone who claimed to be a Popeye's employee that had a bunch of chicken sandwiches stashed away. (laughs) After this big adventure and claiming that he sustained in his journey $1,500 of wheel and tire damage from driving around town, going to people's homes, looking for a chicken sandwich, he had enough. Now he's doing the right thing and he's suing Popeyes for five thousand dollars in damages. Yep. Here is a quote from his actual lawsuit, which it appears that he filed himself because these aren't even complete sentences. But I appreciate his gumption. Countless times wasted driving to and from Popeyes. No chicken sandwich was told to come back this day. Still no chicken sandwich. It it actually it actually got worse when he decided to go uh what he what he found what he called a blacklist Craigslist ad, which is evidently a Craigslist ad coded because it's doing something criminal. When a Popeyes employee who said they worked on the fryer would quote unquote stash the sandwiches in back and then sell them back for twenty four dollars, uh, he says that wow. the alleged employee did take his money, but he never <laughs> delivered the fried goods. Has anybody uh, had this sandwich yet? No, no, no. But I like that this guy, this guy was so desperate that he drove to every Popeye's in town. $1,500 in wheel and tire damage. I can only imagine that he was peeling out of every restaurant and driving his car (laughs) as fast as he could. And when he got to the Popeye's, just slammed on the brakes, opened the door, rolled out as the car just slowly rolled to a stop and ran in looking for the sandwiches. I don't know how else he would have sustained $1,500 in wheel and tire damage. But he's very upset about this and he's filed a lawsuit against Popeye's for $5,000. I I haven't gone looking for one of these sandwiches yet, but I that but surprises I, me actually, Jesse. I feel like that had been a high priority for you over yeah, Labor Day weekend. Yeah, actually. Well, they they yeah. sold out before Labor Day weekend. To be fair, yeah, they announced yeah. they announced they were sold out late last week. Uh, Jesse, not to step on your slice, but this weekend I, I tweeted this out because it, it was so funny. There's a there's a, a comedian named Kev on stage. His name's Kevin. He's a Christian, and he Chandler. I sent you the link. Can you pull it up? He did a thing on on Instagram when your pastor preaches a message on Popeyes and what happened with Popeyes. I want you to play a clip, Chandler. This is one of the best sermons I've ever heard. But the Lord had dropped something in my spirit concerning the Popeyes, and I just wanted to impart that to the people. Thus saith the Lord. Now watch this. Watch this with the Popeyes situation and prepare your life. Amen. Now listen, sometimes... Amen. God is going to bless you in a way that you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. You had a, 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 a kingpin of the chicken salad. Mm-hmm. Oh, she had gone unchallenged for years. It was an un, unwritten rule, amen, that this place was the best. Mm-hmm. But God has birthed something in you that is able uh-huh, mm-hmm. to unseat the king. <laughs> Now watch this. Now watch this. God has blessed you with the ability, the gift, the talent, the creativity to dethrone the king. Wow. But here's what you got to understand. Steve Furtick's bringing it this week. Now watch this. This is the key. Popeyes for years 
had had a bad reputation for bad customer service. Mm-hmm. Ten minute wait on the spicy. Mm-hmm. People getting up upset here and there. Watch this. Watch this. Popeyes, we accepted all these spicy. How come you ain't never got no spicy ready? Mm-hmm. Upset cooks. Now listen. What Popeyes was not prepared for was how much God can bless you. Come on, God. It's going to do better. You know, the Bible says, He's able, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. Oh, when they put that chicken sandwich in the test kitchen, they hoped for the best. They did not prepare for what God had planned for them. Now watch this. Watch this. Okay. When you are not prepared <laughs> out of season, <laughs> when God blesses you, you will not be prepared to handle it. Oh, okay. Okay. Now look at this. Look at this. I'm finna close. I'm finna close. Uh-huh. Popeyes just announced today that they're stopping selling the chicken sandwich. They can't handle the demand. They've got to regroup. Mm. They're sold out all across the They're not really sold out, but they couldn't handle it. Mm. Now, if you don't have the integrity the character, and the preparation out of season, when you get blessed by God, it will backfire. Let's go, This is, it's taking me back to my, to my days, Cameron. I don't know if you feel like this. It's taking me back to my days as a student at the final Oral Roberts University where oh, that man. was basically every, yeah, every blessing, chapel. preparation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it yeah. really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it never yeah. about yes. Popeyes directly, but... Yeah. You know, about believing in God for a plane or something like there that. There was literally, there was literally the yeah. sermon that we would hear at least twice a year. <laughs> there was some obscure voice about verse. preparing out of season for the blessing yeah. that God has for you. So Dude. when God blesses you, you don't sell out of your chicken sandwich, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like Popeyes was not prepared for the blessing and it backfired on the, yeah. Well, the, I'm the telling you, that we would hear twice a year was based on an obscure verse of some Old Testament figure who, you know, was waiting on whatever Jabez, treasures he was supposed to get from the prayer from, of Jabez, dude. Yeah, well, well, th- th- no, this one was <laughs> that that God was sending camels, and on the backs of camels would be all the treasure. And the sermon title was "Your camels are coming," and <laughs> it, most of the sermon was just shouting, "Your camels are coming!" Do you hear me right now? The camels. Your camels, they are coming. And it was, that was 90% of the sermon. So whenever, whenever anything bad would happen on campus or I would get in trouble, I would just look at my RA and yeah. be like, listen, your camels are coming, bro. Your patience <laughs> will be rewarded. Your camels are coming. They're not here. You got to deal with me. But your camels are coming. And Kev got on stage, everyone. So Kev on stage. That. Go follow him on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. He's really funny. Okay. So, so one more. Um, uh, that's the Popeye's lawsuit, which I'll be joining, even though. I haven't even looked for a Popeye sandwich yet because I heard they were sold out. I don't wait in lines. I hate yeah. lines. And that actually is a transition uh, to my next slice here. Wow. Um, okay, so this one, researchers recently conducted a study of about 2,000 adults uh, to, to determine uh, uh, patients, how patient modern people are, and if our attention spans and patience for things has been affected by technology. Well, I want to read some stats uh, from that. Uh, they wanted to know how long it takes for people to get frustrated. Um, 25 seconds for a light, for a traffic signal to change. That's the barrier where it goes from patience to frustration is 25 seconds. That doesn't hmm. seem like a very long amount of time to wait. Interesting. But at that point is when people get frustrated. This one doesn't surprise me. 16 seconds for a web page to load. 
That's, that's a very long, long time. Yeah, yeah that's a long time. Yeah, I'd be. Fr- I'm. I'm going to read it somewhere else. If I'm waiting, if I'm waiting more than ten seconds, I'm going to another one. Ten seconds. That's a long wait. <clears throat> yeah, it should be instant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, Twenty-two seconds. Uh, people will get frustrated if a movie or a like a streaming show doesn't start working properly. You know, you get the little How spinning thing. 22 seconds is the moment of frustration. I, I feel straight. Oh, that's a I, long time. I, would, I wouldn't wait that long. 22 seconds, I'm thinking something's wrong with my Wi-Fi. Yeah. Annie's counting right now. Annie, I'm experiencing I, it right now. Annie's, You're right. 22 seconds is really long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you hit play. And you said that for 22 seconds? No. I mean, five seconds in, I'm going something's up. You know? Yeah. Well, well, that that's the cutoff where 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 frustration sets in. Okay. Uh, time spent uh, waiting for order food to arrive at a restaurant. What do you think the cutoff is for frustration to set in? This is minutes. a non Popeye situation. This 20, is a, twenty minutes. It's lower than that. This is at a restaurant. You order food. You're waiting. It's people get mad. It's it's lower than twenty minutes. Eddie, what's your guess? I I mean. I think right in the middle, like 10 minutes. Wait, are we talking entree or are we talking appetizer? Because appetizers are five food. minutes. Yeah, well, but see, well, appetizers I, are five minutes. I don't want an entree in five no, no, minutes. No, I mean, judging by the time, this is entree. This is entree territory. Uh, okay. Annie, you order an oh, entree. Order at, an entree. I want to have it. I think 20 minutes is really reasonable. I'd say 17 to 20 minutes. The cutoff where frustration sets in for modern adults is 14 minutes. That's, that's where they're. That's outrageous. Where, that's, that's outrageous. Stupid. Yeah. So uh, but when surveyed, uh, most people who took the survey and, and kind of noted how how little bit of time it takes for people to get legitimately frustrated, they blame technology. We're so used to everything uh-huh. on demand these days that it's really affecting our ability to wait for anything, whether it's a traffic light or a Web page to load or a food to order. Uh, so sliced, it's, it's having a pretty dramatic. Wow. Yeah, it's having pretty dramatic <laughs> effect. Hints, Eddie, shut shut <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> shut it. The mouth needs to be shut. Shut it. <laughs> so anyway, that concludes my slice. Now shut it, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. So people are getting very impatient. But all I say is I'm not waiting in line for a pop. I don't care how good the chicken sandwich is. Like I will I will eat a vending machine chicken sandwich in a microwave before I'm going to wait more than 10 minutes for a fast food chicken sandwich. I just patience outweighs like my impatience far outweighs my desire to try a new chicken sandwich. But I'll tell you though, man, like that was a thing we noticed about when our storytelling team went to Ghana was just the pace is different there. Yeah. And, and and for the first couple of days we were antsy, but it was crazy how quickly all of that just fell away. And you're like, okay, well, we're, we're back. I I wonder how, I I feel like we haven't gone so far that we like, uh, can't undo it. We're just, it's just possible. We know we can pick up groceries. We know we can do all this stuff. Cause I felt like I slipped back into like, Oh yeah, we're waiting a half hour for food and it's going to take an hour to eat. And this is like a normal quick lunch, but yeah. Yeah. I also think it just whenever those opportunities arise for me to wait longer than I want to wait, I try to take that. There's a lot of ways that you get to practice patience, and that's a pretty painless one. And if I can get good at it in those moments when it really matters, it won't burn so bad. So I try to sit through those. I think I've told you a story about when I was waiting for breakfast with a friend we had both ordered and hers came in like two minutes and mine never came. Oh, boy. And I just just kept sitting there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just kept sitting there and being like, this is a practice. This is a practice. I need to get up. I need to get, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to sit here until it had been like very clear. We were the only people left like in the, in the coffee shop. Yeah. And then they were like, did, did we miss your order? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, they they were like, they were like, why didn't you say something like 15 minutes ago? (laughs) Totally. But I was just, and it was like burning in my soul to get up and fix it. And then I was like, maybe they just needed to cook the bacon twice. Or maybe, I mean, I was like, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Annie. What was the lesson? (laughs) Because it sounds to me like the patients didn't pay off. The lesson is don't go to that place again. And I haven't, (laughs) but I did. My patient's muscle got worked out and is stronger because of it. Yeah. Waiting when you're hungry, though, is a special kind of terrible, though. I mean, yeah, for waiting sure. for a Netflix show to load. I'm like, all right, settle down, you big baby. But waiting hungry, <laughs> I like I'm going to implode. Yeah. What if what about this scenario, Eddie? You're yeah. watching a Netflix show that took a long time to load, but it's one of those food shows and you're starving. Oh. Called, order called, food and, yeah. called Spaghetti Models. Boom. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Elvis Presley my TV and just completely freak out. So. <laughs> Spaghetti Models. All right. What do you have, Eddie? I want to speak of a hero. Her name is Wendy Auger, and I'd like to tell you her story. Wendy, for 15 years, for 15 years, uh, had a vanity (laughs) license plate. And I'd like to talk about vanity license plates for a minute because I have a love hate with them. Um, But let me tell you what hers said. And I'm trying to give it to you in a way that doesn't give it away. But I don't know how to sell it out. Is it the peed one? Yeah. Yeah. It's PB4 W-E-G-O. P before we go. P before we go. Oh. (laughs) So her joke is she got. See, you think it's funny. I read it and I was like, dork, but I guess it's not. I mean, if you're like hardcore mom mode, (laughs) not you. I mean, like dork, but I thought it was like a dorky joke. But so the idea is. It's very passive aggressive. It is She's very a funny mom. I like her. She's funny. And I, I still yeah. don't understand it, though, because her explanation of it is it's like the thing you say to your kids right before they get in the car. Yeah. Yeah. But then why put it on a license plate? I don't understand. Well, because that. like because it came a family joke that mom always says, pee before we go, pee before we go, pee before we go. And then how funny that she is self-aware and has yeah. a good sense of humor. She got right. it as a license. Okay. Plate. Yeah. Okay. I'm into that. I still don't think it's funny, but now I understand it. So that's helpful. Yeah, okay. okay. So. She's had this thing for 15 years. Yeah. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she gets a letter from the DMV stating that she is one of, and it turns out, 90 people where they had done some review of vanity license plates and they had deemed it inappropriate. Mm. And oh. the DMV was going to do everything they could to make it right. They were going to give her a new vanity license plate or they were going to pay for the difference that she paid to get a vanity license plate. Like They were doing everything they could, yeah. but they were basically like, you can't have this anymore. It's indecent. Um, first of all, do we think it's indecent? No, it's, no, it's, it's a bodily it function, but it's yeah. not. I mean, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like you wouldn't it, do other bodily decent, functions and think listen, it's okay. It's a decent, it's a decent thing to ask of people. I mean, it, it's, right. you know, pee before you go. Well, yeah. So what ends up happening with this vanity license plate is she takes to social media, social media blows up and yeah. The governor, who apparently has that kind of time, the governor got involved. <laughs> Hold and on, what per- state is this? Uh, uh, live free or die. Which one is that? Um, New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. No. Yeah. 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 So why it, did you know the live free or die part? Because I've seen a picture of the license plate and it seems like such an anarchist license plate now because oh, she's it. standing next to it and it says live free or die. Right. Um, right. Right. But so the governor then calls uh, and 
stepped in, made it all right, and then called her and said, okay, you can keep the license plate. And he handed down his massive authority to stop the DMV from stopping her license plate. And she gets to keep her license plate. So she's a real hero. Um, But I'm curious, do any of you have vanity license plates? If not, what would you get on it? Be honest. Hold on. I want to talk about the story for a minute. Okay. Just if we can, because I'm very conflicted about it. Yeah. Because it's government intrusion on two levels. Yeah. One, oh, I, I don't need Uncle Sam. About this. Yeah. I don't need Uncle Sam telling me what I can and can't put on my own vehicle. Well, hold on, Jesse. If somebody had like an FU type license plate and your kids were in the car, would you be okay with that? Exactly. What is that? Sam I for? wouldn't. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Oh, Sue? I got Jesse. Yeah. It's father above, but like in a no. Like I'm a, not saying I'm not saying f. I'm saying what if it was spelled out? You're saying you have I no problem. I wouldn't like it, but this is a free country. And but it's a really? government, but it's a government license thing. It's not like personal property. It's it, it's like it. I don't know. I, I think there I is a line of like decency. It. Listen, I would pull the old Voltaire. I may not like what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. And that's my feelings <laughs> on the matter. So I don't like that. I don't like that they just told this woman what is portfolio. and isn't decent, right? Uh, uh, especially, who knows? Maybe one of her children has a bladder condition. Did you guys ever think about that? And needs the constant reminder every time they board the car. And so uh, this this little child, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. But I don't like that the governor just swooped in. It seems like the governor should have better things to do than to, you know, weigh in on what's what's clearly a, a very minor matter here. But uh, I, I I agree with the outcome, even though I don't like how it got there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> complicated. Guys. Lots of caveats here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you only get one chance as the as the DMV to intersect with the plate. And that's when it's ordered. And if you missed yeah. it and you allowed it to be you know, printed and put out there in the world. Well, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's on you DMV, especially Mm -hmm. after it's been for 15 years, because you, everybody in New Hampshire has seen that license plate after 15 years, there's like 15 people in that state. And you know, it's pretty small and it's a pretty funny license plate. It's the cats out of the bag. I do. Any of y'all have, I do not have a vanity license plate, but I do have one. I don't have letters that are vanity, but I did. I do not have the basic Tennessee one. I have, one that supports, you know, because this is probably true in y'all states too, but we can pay $25 and get one that supports a cause that we love. Mm-hmm. And so I used to have one for that was like the national park that's right by my house called Radnor Lake. But currently I have the Imagination Library um, support, which means I have Dolly Parton's face on my oh, license plate. I've <laughs> seen that. I always it's wondered awesome. how that happened. I really love it. It is literally her face. On the side of my license plate. Florida has the most of those kinds of license plates of any state. And I mean, they are, all, you almost all you like rarely lame. even see it's a Florida like, one. It's like save the dolphins in, oh, like, yeah. in like education. or And I, manatees and whales. And there's a, what's the pro, there's like a pro, pro-life one. Yeah, there's, there's a, a pro-life one. There's yeah. like a, there's a ton of different we, ones. We, all the I pro sports at, teams, all the colleges, all the, yeah. But then just a bunch of them like bicyclists boy scouts like, right right, yeah. right. I, I was at yeah. the dmv and they had i was looking at all of them and all of them were like the same thing like 20 bucks and it goes to some calls 
except for one that was marked down to five dollars and i almost got it and it what just it? said horse lover and it had two <laughs> very poorly drawn horses like it looked like a child so not intentionally jesse, it wasn't like jesse i will pay the money to get that license for you yeah you it will, it's only oh, five dollars we can it's each horse give you one dollar it just says horse lover and it's like it's not clear like what exactly am i supporting here and like, what the nature horses? of the love is like, where did this five dollars go because it's not like there's just like horses running around you know yeah like it it did i'm not sure that it supports any horse related cause i think it's just five dollars <laughs> and you get a picture of a horse on your license yeah. plate that says horse lover and <laughs> it was and like it was weird that was the only one it was like they just they, they ordered a bunch of these horse lovers and they can't move them they got a lot of inventory <laughs> in the back and they're like just slash it Take it down to five bucks. See if we can give. See if we can eventually just pay drivers in the state. Yeah, why didn't I'm surprised that didn't win you over, Jesse? That feels like a really easy five dollar spin for you. Can I be honest? It was a separate line, and I just didn't feel like waiting. Go get the horse lover plate. Yeah, and I yeah, almost yeah. did. I almost did. I had things to do, but it wasn't quite. The joke wasn't quite worth me having to get yeah. out of line and get Jesse, a new number and all. The next time I'm in Virginia, you and I are going to make a pit stop at the DMV. Deal. I'm. I am certain they're not sold out and I am almost certain that they're less than five dollars right now because I've never seen one on the road. I've never I, I can't imagine that they've sold any yeah, of but these. You don't live in rural Virginia. They're probably that's that's their target demographic out there. It's I, it go. But west, it's unclear. Like it does. It's like all of the other ones like going to support uh, the Veterans Foundation or going to support, you know, community, you know, save the bay and all this stuff. It's very clear <laughs> what I'm supporting, like the one with the crab on it. Where's y'all's it, bay going? Why do you have to save it? The Chesapeake Bay. That's yeah. a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. If you <laughs> Drifting out to sea. You know, if you were in these parts a lot of trouble in the bay but if you get the crab one it says save the bay answer? it's clear saving the bay here this $20 you're going to save that crab in this bay the horse lover am I supporting other horse lovers or am I supporting horses <laughs> it's all very unclear <laughs> you know hypothetically this could be people that eat horses these people what if love it's horses. horses and it's also helping the bay yeah. oh it's a seahorse it's, lover it's all it's really very beautiful. unclear it's all very unclear, and I think I'm that's why I'm still very unclear about why you need to save a bay that is not going anywhere. Listen, well, it could get polluted, Annie. There's pollution. That doesn't mean it's going anywhere. There's save the what, health what of the bay, save the uh, vitality of our ecosystem. It's 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 the mighty. That have been really long Annie. to put on a license yeah. plate. Save, save the, the vitality, vitality of our. Yeah. Yeah. The bay's got a nice ring to it. You got a cute little blue crab. The thing is, like when I'm saving that blue crab, it's because I like to eat them. So that's why I'm not confused, certain about the horse thing. I don't know who this is. I have no idea when it says horse lover, who this is supporting what cause it's going to or why they even commissioned this license plate in the first because Virginia only has like 12 and one of them's horse lover. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm deep into the DMV. They have a lot more than 12. <laughs> Business logo plates are available <gasps> in Virginia. You can get your own logo. Oh, wow. <gasps> Jesse. Oh, oh, it's got to be a fleet of at least 100 vehicles. I feel like we could <laughs> sell 100. Cameron, we're going to need a... Roland's going to need to purchase 100 vehicles in Virginia when we get these rad... Virginia vanity plates that have the relevant <laughs> logo on them. All we, we're, we're only 99 vehicles away. I can make mine a couple car. <laughs> I now guarantee I you. Are you all a one car family? Can Dana, can you be sure, two cars? Sure, there's two. Only 98 more to go. I bet you've got 100 cousins around that neighborhood. Oh, we yeah. You have a lot. Oh, well, we he could just sell them on the, the cul-de-sac block party. 
for your exactly. family reunion this year, everybody's getting a license plate. <laughs> <laughs> You're either, either getting a relevant one or a horse lover because I love horses. <laughs> the sweetest, tenderest of meats. Okay, here's what's crazy about Virginia. <laughs> I you, love can get, you can get license plates for basically any school. Like Georgia, University of Florida, why would they have that available in Virginia? Because usually you can just get your probably own. I think yeah. here's booster what I think. Clubs. I think, for a, I think they hired the wrong person at the license plate Virginia, the Virginia license plate factory, and the person just went crazy for like three years and was just printing up random license plates, and and they ended up with every college, and they ended up with like four thousand horse lovers, and now they don't know what to do with them. They just it was a bad hire, <laughs> and now they've got to pay the consequences, which is a lot of weird license plate. Let's be frank. No one in the state wants. So it's a big problem here. Save the pay. Yeah. But also, and this is just a final to mind, the Virginia code for license plates is the commissioner may, in his or her discretion, reserve license plates, uh, reserve license plates with certain registration numbers or letters or combinations thereof for issuance to persons requiring license plates so numbered and lettered. In other words, they have the ability to not let yeah. you say whatever they want. Yeah. That's right. But once it gets out the door, it's their problem. Of course, right. we're, we got to deal with. Uh, I'm going to get Brienne on this. She's in law school. I want, a, yeah, yeah, I want, a, I want a horse lover vanity plate that also says "Yeehaw" on it, and just like drive oh, proudly yeah. drive around. I've been on a horse like once in my life, and I can't remember <laughs> last time I've seen a horse up close. Like, I mean, if my, anybody I, needs a Virginia horse lover yeehaw license plate, it's our cowgirl extraordinaire. I, right. You need to send it to Annie. <laughs> yeah, she needs because to but I'm not replacing Dolly. Oh, that's yeah, true. Dolly's pretty. We'll so. get a second car. Okay, great. Just add me to the fleet. Or a motorcycle. Gonna, Just get, gonna, a, buy get a, a motorcycle car for the horse lover plate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got all these horse lover plates, and I've only got one vehicle, so I need to buy four more. We've cars. really lost Eddie to learning what states allow on yeah. their license plates. I'm a hundred percent out of this show. I am like. <laughs> it is, Does I, it have like a tool online to like? Can this one work? Like, can you like try different phrases to see if it's like? Available. What, what if that was your job, though? What if you're the one person who just sits behind a desk all day and is like, oh, here's another one. Ooh, definitely can't print that. That's a hard projection. You're <laughs> just mean, reading dirty jokes on license plates how, all day long. How can they stay up on the text lingo of the next generation? You know what I'm saying? You could sl- you could sl- I guarantee you could slide something in there. Well, no, this Ooh. person, they have they have two pages on their browser. They get two tabs open. One is the page that he's looking at right now that has the specificities of the law. The other one's Urban Dictionary, and they're typing it in. They're like, nope, can't <laughs> say that. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's what that that's means? Right. <laughs> I've never read something so horrific. You want to be skeezed out by humanity, read the definition of anything on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> okay, so what would be like a modern word that you wouldn't think would be allowed, but that they would, because I'm on the Virginia one right now, and it keeps bumping back every combination of terrible word I put in there. I'm not going like, to say, see, we can't say these things, though, Eddie. Like, Annie, I have a few suggestions, oh, but I'm not going to throw them Annie out Annie just texted me a good one. Hold on, let me try that. Oh, no. I did not. I oh. did not. Annie, oh. hold on. She texted oh me too. Hold on. Let me oh, look this Annie. up on Urban Dictionary. What? Annie. Oh, my God. This, this, is, this is... You Annie. should be arrested in several countries for even suggesting this. Yeah, I don't Annie. even understand it. It's a, like a confusing. Wow. It's raising more questions than answers. That's what that little John us. song meant. I can't believe that, Annie. <laughs> it's profane <laughs> on multiple hey, hold on, levels. Hold on. I got a quick phone call. Hello? No, it was just Annie. I was my accountability partner. Something pinged on my server. Yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah. <I had> before. <laughs> my accountability partner. Yeah. Hello. No, it was just Coven, Annie. My Kevin and I's partner just That's what me. I always say. <laughs> when I get a call from my accountability partner, my go-to is, well, no, it was just Annie. 
Oh, yeah, you it was just Annie. Was I just, Annie yeah. said something to me. I had to Google it and figure yeah. out what it meant. <laughs> I thought Annie, it was innocent. That's impressive for real. If, you're, if your accountability partner called in 18 seconds, that's faster than a meal at a restaurant. Yeah, so. it's pretty unbelievable. But <laughs> yeah, they're impatient. Yeah, well, you got to catch server. Eddie midstream. That's the problem. You can't that's wait right. 15 minutes. You got to be right. on that 18 no, second you gotta, alert. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, All right, Annie, what do you have? Okay, you guys, there, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. There is a Japanese Buddhist temple that is 400 years old, and they have brought in a robot priest named Mindar to start preaching all the sermons. Have y'all read about this yet? No, I've I've seen it, but I'm not He's a human size. He's a human size android. He's 6'4". Like C-3PO. Yes, except he looks like a person. He has, he's made of aluminum, but it has silicone on top. So it looks like a human and, and he, their hope is that he's going to, that this robot priest is going to rejuvenate the Buddhist religion in Japan because of how they can update him, how he knows everything, how he can update them. Uh, like he gets updated on things like Urban Dictionary and is able to write sermons and tell sermons. And he knows everything. It's like a computer and it's he's immortal. <laughs> right. So for decades after this, they're hoping he, Mindar, will remain the uh, priest of this temple and evolve infinitely is what one of the people said wow. that they hope he evolves infinitely. How crazy is that? He is programmed to deliver a 25-minute sermon that includes uh, all, all the things that are in a Buddhist sermon. And he moves his torso, arms, and legs. Mendar is available as a personalized plate in Virginia. <laughs> and I want to issue a, a quick correction and apology. Then I want to talk about Mentar. I, I, it's not horse lover. It's actually funnier. It's horse and horse enthusiast. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, I you can't move them. Look. They got yeah. too many. It's the horse enthusiast license plate. Uh, no, I, I do think that's interesting. But I think it's interesting the implications, Annie, because what's preventing like other religions from doing this, creating some sort of AI right. that would just be. You know, like if you were to upload all of the data from like you version into some sort of AI interface. Right. You know, hypothetically, you could ask it pretty detailed questions about the Bible and theology interpretations of scripture. But I mean, but I've been to the Hall of Presidents at Disney World. I mean, this no, isn't no, new. He's way better. I mean, the Hall of Presidents was created in the 70s. But Cameron. I'm saying that's just like an Android communicating, you know, information as in human form, I mean, it's not that weird. I mean, we're, we're not sitting there going, this is a human. This is, a, you know, I mean, it's just like. I mean, but it is when they're giving spiritual content. That I feels don't know. different. I mean, I can Google spiritual content and read it with my eyes. Why can't I listen to it with my ears? I mean, so what's hold the on. It's, it's creating the content. It's not yes. just like a presenter of yeah. what, right. like a speech somebody else wrote. That is different. Yeah. Right. If I'm understanding this correctly, Be, because there's other I mean, there's like apps that are because like like let's say you took it like one step beyond to perform other sort of like ministry duties like like what if if this thing had like if you could say, hey, I'm struggling with X and it would pull from its database and know what to tell you. I mean, you're only one step away from something like confessing. You know, right. or like verbalizing something to a robot. But yeah, I, I feel like on a one on one level, we we want our counselors and spiritual advisors to have 
empathy and understanding and compassion, you know, like it's not just information. Because right. I mean, I, I wouldn't look to it for ministry, but it, to look to it for religious information or to like... But like a sermon, I want the person telling me a sermon to have empathy and real yeah. life experience. Well, and, and, and I mean, let's go to the Christian. I mean, there's a different, there's a soul level and there's anointing and there's gifts right. aside of just information being conveyed. And right. so like, I mean, I believe that there is a line of what, you know, this is the bioethics line of what is human. Yeah. What is, you know, that, that, yeah. that's really the question here. I mean, if we're looking to it as just an information source, no different than uh, a computer, essentially, like I can ask right. it a question and it will formulate, you know, religious uh, information for me. Big deal. I'm not looking to it as ministry, but like there is a line of we, you know, we, you know, as Christians believe in the soul realm and that there is absolutely a soul component to right. ministry, actual ministry. But that is one of the big AI things. I wish we had, do y'all know Andy Crouch? I wish we had an Andy yeah. Crouch button because he teaches so much on AI and, and where that's going with our faith and technology. But I, I'm just fascinated at the idea of if this works in Buddhism, will other religions adopt it? Will we in 30 years, 50 years see a church that is preached to, I will not say pastored by, but yeah. preached to by an Android. Yeah. I mean, well, I think we'll absolutely see it. I mean, just like, yeah. hey, we can do video now. Let's do video. Let's, we can do social media now. Let's do social media. I think the church embraces new technology and we will err, you know, figure out where the line is by crossing yeah. it. And, you know, but right. I think you'll see it. There's two you know. fundamental problems with this, like that I, I run into or like things that I think of. One, what's your view of the role of the pastor? Because this changes yeah. pretty significantly depending on what what your even what your faith background is. Right. Yeah. Because like if you were someone who is like Catholic, this would be a pretty significant barrier because the role of priest is much more esteemed than like they, they can be in moments of a confession, like a direct conduit between you and God. Yeah. And so to them, this would be a much bigger deal than right in theory, like, like a met, like me, like, cause it's, to me, it would just be like, Oh, confession isn't really part of my faith background. Even though I think it's important, it's not really a part of what we do as, you know, Wesleyan Methodist types that, so then confessing to a, robot wouldn't be as big a deal because really what I'm doing is just using that robot to pray. Right. So that's the first thing. But the second thing to me that is uh, like it does kind of bump up against, is there something, is there something that I feel like God is smaller than that? God can't use this. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like God's bigger yeah, than that's this. That's a robot. real Enneagram four spin out. I've never even got close to that far. Can God use a robot? I didn't ever, I didn't ever yeah, get yeah, that I mean, far. But, but I mean, thinking. like in the Bible, God used the donkey, you know, like I, I think, you know, God can choose to speak through and communicate with people through whatever means he desires. Totally. I'm not saying that, that he will, but I think he's demonstrated in the Bible. I mean, I mean yeah. he talked, he talked to Moses bush. through, oh yeah, burning bush. This, right. this brings I, I, I know we need to shift segments soon, but this kind of brings like something I wanted to discuss at some point um, that's sort of along the same lines is we posted a video and I can't run. Uh, you and Tyler talked about it on daily one day of a former traditional pastor who now uses the uh, virtual social network um, through the Oculus, like the 3D 
kind of goggles and he meets people in this oh, kind of yeah. virtual space where Love everyone it. has is represented by an avatar and uh-huh. I don't know if you've got has used the Oculus, but it's Will not. it's pretty transforming. Like you feel like you're in a different place. And he goes and he meets people there, and he tells them the gospel. And he's also on several occasions, um, you know, because this atmosphere is so rich. There's 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 water, there's land, there's trees. He's actually baptized people in virtual reality, and so he takes their avatar, dips them under the water, and, and does a traditional baptism while kind of telling the meaning of baptism and you know one of the first person people that he he did this baptism with that went sort of viral in a video uh that that he shared uh you know had some condition that uh prevented them from leaving the home and this person wanted to experience baptism um but they for for health or or psychological reasons were unable to leave their house and, and actually go to a church or something we posted this video and people were so dismissive of it and a lot of people were sort of almost upset at us for sharing it when it seems like it, it definitely seems unorthodox, but it seems in the spirit of the metaphor that baptism is of this spiritual transformation that you're physically acting out. Do you guys have thoughts about that? Because this that's not I mean, th- this has a human human connection, but it's done in a virtual technologically advanced space that's not in the natural world, but it's sort of along the same lines. When I said on daily, I defer to the the esteemed spiritual leaders that we have on our panel here. But I, when I said on daily was the the act of baptism was an outward expression of an inward change. And so if the person on the other end of that avatar chose to follow Jesus and chose to make an outward uh, show of that f- decision by, you know, in the virtual reality world where they've connected with the people show their decision through the act of baptism virtually, to me, it's the same you know, uh, inward act as if you did it in front of a church congregation. Yeah. But anyway, what do you guys think? I mean, everything in me feels weird about it, but right. I can't prove why. Right. So that's <laughs> right. that's right. where I'm at. Like, I don't yeah. think it's not real. I think the pastors having real interactions. I think the people being baptized are feeling real. Making a choice. Change, yeah. And feeling yeah. real change, like every, but everything in me just screams like this is bizarro and I'm uncomfortable with it. But also I'm probably bumping up against my age here and just what I'm, what I'm, my tolerance for technology. What What do you think, Annie? Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about the people who feel very connected to other people via social media or right. via the internet and you know, the people on Sims, that game that they actually get married and feel like they're married in real life. And, you know, like yeah. there is something about that, that we, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to come out correctly, but there's something we have correctly harnessed about how our souls connect, but we don't understand it. Yeah. Like we've harnessed something online that, that, that can, that feels like real connection that 150 years ago they wouldn't have understood mm-hmm. but we feel it so we we know it's true so i i mean i'm i probably i don't know that i would go to a church like that or interact right. with the pastor that way but if i'm homebound and i don't have family and no friends don't come over but there's a church in my virtual reality that i right. attend every week and right. i get baptized i mean that feels very true i think 
for yeah, some right. reason. Right. Well, and, and Eddie, to your point, bapt, you know, you're saying it's there's something weird about it that you can't put your hand on. I, I, I don't disagree, but I think the act of baptism is weird. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, I think, Symbolic. I think, yeah, yeah it, it's something that's like, well, is anything actually physically happening? You know, when we go right. under, you know, what's the difference? Well, if so, between, is it immersion? Is it sprinkle? Or is it, I mean, the different yeah. traditions have different expressions. Well, and what's the difference between being submerged in this virtual space when it's a meaningful experience versus in a tank? That some, you know, contractor put in on the stage of my church. You know what I mean? Right. Like none of us are going. I mean, some people might, but none of us are going down to the Jordan River here. You know, we're all, right. you know, simulating an act that was described in the Bible in very different ways. You know, well, yeah, that's right. Here, here's, an, here's another one. Like when people do home churches and this happens quite frequently when there's home churches or satellite churches and they do communion. Some of these churches ask people to gather their own communion elements at home. So like get get a little bit of wine and a little bit of bread that runs into the same issue, because for some like someone that is from the Episcopal Anglican tradition tradition that like where I currently am at, that would be that is not the correct treatment of the communion elements. That is. But Uh but for others, like it's no big deal. And so we really bump up against the, the. the level at which people are viewing the fundamental pieces of their expressions of faith. Like it really comes yeah. down to not, is it okay or not okay? Or should this be happening with Oculus Rift? It's how do you view baptism? So I personally am fine with it because to me, it's just very symbolic in the whole thing. And, but for some people, like if you're not in water, if you're not in front of a congregation, it, it doesn't take, and Would so, you feel the same about taking communion in that way? Would you feel like it didn't? I, I actually wouldn't, but I am not speaking as an expert on this, but I have come to yeah. in the last uh, five to 10 years. Yeah, probably probably 10 years really understand the sacrament of or the sacrament of communion in a way that's much more profound and holy than I think I ever gave it credit for on a youth group. But you don't feel that trip. way about baptism. I do. But not. I mean, I'm trying to use the word the solemn, but that's not it. What's yeah. the word? That's just like reverence. Reverence. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to a baptism a month ago. Maybe that was ten of us at a pool. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and it and it felt as reverent as oh, yeah. what happens at a church. But I also get where people don't feel like those are the same thing. But I also don't hold to the fact that you need to be like baptism does not equal salvation. And that's so, right. And so it's an amazing step of faith. But if you're not baptized, you're not like going to hell. Now, people listening to this show who are very smart will disagree with me. And I understand that that that's where this gets really, really murky, because now I'm trying to put Oculus Rift pastor through these paces. And it's yeah. really hard to it's it's there's a very small segment of people that would be just okay with it. But for those people, this serves them well. And I don't think any of them are losing their salvation because of it. I just, I just, it's hard for me, especially in the light of the subtext of the gospel, right? There's the text. That's the literal words and the literal, you know, translation of those words. And there's the subtext, which seems pretty clear, which Jesus wasn't about rules and formality. He was about heart change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he healed on Sundays or, or on the Sabbath because he didn't because he would look into the heart of the law, not the letter of it. And I think yeah. that's a major subtext of the entire gospel narrative is this is about heart change. 
And yeah, initially there were rules and things put in place. But if we get too caught up and then we, we lose the real message here. And I, I sometimes think it's better to err on the side of grace than it is legalism. You know? hmm. Jesse, is crazy that my new uh, license plate the tagline says the heart of the law, not the letter of it. And then... And then I put a big profane word as the horse word. lover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. Jen Hatmaker brings up, man, we're just walloping people today. You're listening to Mr. Impossible by Fantagram. This is my high school nickname. Crazy. Uh, Well, today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. You can even design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. Go to squarespace.com slash relevant right now for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, Jen Hatmaker is a writer, speaker, and the host of the podcast For the Love, which just wrapped a new series about the importance of finding truth where she spoke with journalists, thinkers, and writers about cutting through the noise and seeking real solutions. Uh, Jesse recently spoke with Jen about seeking truth in a divided world and having productive conversations with people we disagree with. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I always appreciate talking to Jen, especially about this topic. Like As we're coming into uh, you know, an election season and in a, in a time where things are particularly polarized, she is looking for real solutions that, you know, focus on people over politics. And it was, I was really thrilled to have her on. Well, there you go. Uh, here is part of Jesse's conversation with Jen Hatmaker. So, well, I wanted to, to talk about uh, the podcast and the recent series you did. Man, I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. Um, Thank you. And man, I, I, you know, it was so inspiring to hear you tackle a topic like, you know, finding truth, because I feel like that's something it it transcends demographics, you know, age, religion. You know, we're all kind of like in this kind of interesting place right now. What made you want to, you know, tackle it as a series for the podcast? It's just so relevant right now. And I don't know if it's because I'm paying more attention at this stage of my life or if it's just more ubiquitous to our culture, but we, I don't think we have the luxury anymore of sort of taking a backseat to um, information anymore. We are just, it's a new time. It's a new season. It's a new generation of the information age. And so with it just comes this baked in responsibility to figure out, how to assess this information deluge that every one of us is in. I mean, you have to work really, really hard to not be in the current. And so yeah. I just realized in my own heart, in my own kind of soul, the energy that I felt around um, my sort of media intake, 
that I cannot be the only one that feels a little crazy. Yeah. I cannot be the only one feeling like, how are we supposed to sort through all this every day? You know, this is not normal. The human condition is not designed for this amount of intake, this much information, this much noise. And so I just thought as we're coming up on another election season, I mean, we're in it by all purposes here. Um, and this is only going to get louder, not quieter for us. I wanted to offer a service to my podcast community, um, just potential new paver stones through mm -hmm. this that we can walk on, um, that we can grab onto as we increase our own personal media literacy, um, as we are attempting to become informed and diligent citizens. Um, who are rightly handling accurate information, know what to do with truth and fiction. Um, and then ultimately how we're teaching our kids to consume it. I mean, I have two kids who can vote. And so for me, this matters, not just for me and my generation, but definitely for the next. Yeah. You know, you, know, you, you, you were able to talk to so many interesting and informed people from across sort of the ideological uh, spectrum. You know, what mm -hmm. surprised you most when you were having these conversations? Um, to be honest, I would say, and, and as we sort of assembled our guest list for this series, we positively wanted to make sure that it was a, a bipartisan effort and that we weren't necessarily playing into a specific um, space or ideology, but rather inviting people who can help us learn how to be objective and um, learn how to be critical thinkers. And that, we, that was absolutely the through line we wanted to prioritize um, rather than necessarily talking points or ideologies or whatever. And so I think probably what surprised me in a wonderful way, I was hoping for this, but then I was pleasantly surprised to discover that the journalists that we interviewed and the commentators, some of the pundits, even the writers um, were incredibly bipartisan. And I found their um, interviews fascinating. And what I saw was this difference between what I sometimes see on social media or in the news cycles, which just feels absolutely polarized. And yeah. if you talk to anybody, that's what they would tell you right now. I would tell you that, that the world feels so polarized and there is nothing in the middle. And there's this one side and there's this one side and marry the two shall meet and the divide is impossible to bridge and we are screwed. But what I, what I discovered is all these very like intelligent and reasonable people um, walking a third way. Mm. Um, and in journalism, even, um, very objective and I, I sensed zero hysteria in mm. it at all. So I think there is this one version of what's going on in our country right now that sells. It is, it sells. It's hot. Yeah. It's very, very hot to see everybody fighting all the wars, all the name calling the back and forth. It's very easy to get swept up in that. And I'm guilty of that. So easy to get swept up into all and never and all of them and none of them. And all. But I, that's not been the case. That's not at all what I uncovered 
um, as I interviewed for this series, I found something very reasonable and very measured um, middle space where people can agree and come to the table in constructive dialogue. And it was actually really encouraging. It's so interesting because, you know, when I look at conversations that will happen like on social media with two people who otherwise might be totally reasonable and like, you know, well-mannered, like Twitter, sometimes people assume the worst when it comes to like tone and, you know, yeah. these, these different things. But when you have these conversations, what I loved about the series is it really highlighted the value of like actual conversation because people give each other the benefit of the doubt when they seem to be talking kind of face to face. A hundred percent. I mean, not only is that sort of what we unearthed in this series, but what I know in my own personal experience, mm. that is my lived experience as well, which is, I mean, really, no matter how ideologically misaligned I am with somebody, there is a completely different experience to sitting down with them and listening and looking them in the face and they, me, um, and having a conversation around complex issues um, than what is available to us in the social media world. This is a lot of ink has been spilled about that, but it is just fundamentally true. I mean, I think, for example, um, I have arguably the greatest dad in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I had a charmed childhood. Our dad overloved us. He overvalued us to this day. He still thinks we are worth about a hundred percent more than we are. Um, and encouraging, kind, good hearted, sincere, absolutely faithful, like just a faithful Christ follower. We, think very differently about some of the issues. We vote differently. We watch different news channels. Um, we have different ideology wrapped around some of these um, conversations. But it's like, my dad is such a good man and nobody could argue otherwise. Um, and he would say the same thing about me. He would say that I have integrity and that I'm good hearted. And so it really is possible um, to it is possible to do this differently than we're doing it. We do not, we are not required to burn a group down or to assign um, terrible intentions to them or to assume we know what experiences bring them to their perspectives. And so I can just see this with me and my dad, um, that we've got two good people at the table who just think differently about how to govern and think differently about sort of what politics should look like. And um, it doesn't mean either one of us is entirely right or entirely wrong. That was Jen Hatmaker. Stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. I'm Jim Stump, host of the Biologos podcast, Language of God. I'm here to tell you about season two. We'll be talking to theologians, pastors, scientists, and writers about spiritual formation, evolutionary biology, social healing and civil discourse, language transformation, and so much more. We'll explore the harmony between science and Christian faith with John Ortberg, Krista Tippett, John Walton, and lots of others. Join us for season two of Language of God. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to October by Alicia Cara. She released it on the first day of September, ironically. Yeah. 
feels but like it was just a it was a it was a marketing mistake. It yeah, was so like, easy just to waited, do a break. She was so excited. It's like me when I buy a, a Christmas present for somebody. I can't wait to give it to them. She finished the song. Her marketing person was like, "All right, we're releasing it September 30th at midnight." She's like, "No, no." Cameron October. gave me a horse enthusiast license vanity plate in July. He was just too excited. Couldn't, couldn't help himself. <laughs> too okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last Tuesday, we asked you to tell us about your most awkward celebrity encounter. You guys did not disappoint. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. I like this one from Jeremy. He, he once snubbed Justin Timberlake. He was at a celebrity golf tournament and Justin Timberlake was standing there on his way, uh, having just played the ninth hole. And he was signing some autograph for some ladies there in the crowd. And after he signed them, he looked away and then looked at Jeremy with the look of like, hey, do you want an autograph? And Jeremy <laughs> said he just kind of shrugged and was like, nah. And Justin Timberlake <laughs> dropped his head and just slowly walked to the 10th day. <laughs> I love it. I love it that he just broke Justin Timberlake's heart there. Yeah, I do too. Um, I love this one from Ashley where she and her family were in Chicago. Ashley was seven. Okay. And they missed the chance to have an encounter with Oprah because Ashley was having a total tantrum because uh, her mom was telling her not to drag her feet because she would like wear out her sandals. So right when they walked by Oprah and her dogs, Ashley was like screaming, you don't love me. You only care about my shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> and didn't get to talk to Oprah. Ironically, that's what Annie said last time she broke up with her last boyfriend. <laughs> you don't love me. You only care about my shoes. I, that, I, I don't want to tell memoir. you the story oh, behind that's that. That's good, no. Cameron. That's you don't good. love me. You only love me for my shoes. A Lifetime that's original right. movie. That's right. Allison that's said uh, that she saw movie. Gator great Tim Tebow at the Atlanta airport. He clearly oh. was not into talking because uh, he had headphones on. He was he was given the vibe, but she couldn't handle it. And uh, she, she approached and asked if they could get a picture. He was, of course, very gracious. However, the, I love the picture because she was so nervous. Uh, she she shared the picture. She's so nervous that uh, her glasses got all foggy. And so the picture is really funny because they look really excited. <laughs> and Tim Tebow looks like he's in an airport being asked to take a picture and trying hard to stay yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a look. That's for sure a look. Also, oddly, on a PBS server. So I guess Ashley works at PBS or something. But this picture came <laughs> off a PBS server. I like this one uh, from Zach because the Zach and his at at the time fiance they they are bold like they're about to have a wedding and they are they want the greatest guest list ever so yeah this this is what Zach says he says George W Bush went to the church where I used to be uh, the where I used to direct the youth choir he said mm. I was getting married and his wife had already emailed an inv invitation to the Obamas this is at the time where the Obamas were in the White House so he kept an invitation for George and Laura Bush in his choir folder for weeks until they were finally there so I love it that, he, you know, he has some connection to George W. and Laura Bush, that they go to the same church. But his wife had already emailed one, had already sent one to the Obamas at the White House to come to their wedding. Because who knows? Right. He walked up to George, shook his hand and uh, uh, told him and Laura, I'm getting married. And my fiance invited the Obamas. But we can totally fix the seating chart however you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> what Are they end. going? Did they what go to the end. wedding? He said they did RSVP within uh, 24 hours. The answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> have, I, have I told you all my story about my worst celebrity encounter at the K-Love Fan Awards? No, uh, I'd love to no. hear oh, Okay, this yeah, will be yeah. so fast. Yeah, I, I love have, this. Eddie, I've told you, right? Yeah, yeah, I love it. So I went, went, it was a couple of years ago when I was nominated for a Fan Award, and there was a 
Christian celebrity musician in line in front of me at the like step and repeat. You whoa, know, whoa, whoa, you... whoa, 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 whoa. I did tell you this, right? No, you were, hold on. You were nominated for a K-Love Fan Award? Yeah. Yeah, they have like book of the year and my one wow. of my books got nominated two years ago. Annie. I know, right? I did lost. You, it's fine. Oh. Who did you lose to? Who won? Um, I lost to the guy who wrote Five Love Languages, Gary Thomas. Did, that did, book's did, been did out they, for like they, 30 Chapman. years. It was another book. It was another book. Oh, Chapman. Okay. Chapman. Cha- oh, no. They, well, it was Gary Thomas. It was not Gary Chapman, whoever. <laughs> anyway, here's the story. There's a musician in line in front of me at the step and repeat where who? you take a picture who? like for Getty Images. Who? Uh, I'm not telling you, Toby but they, have, they will never be on my podcast. Because Toby Mac. Toby what Mac. happened Ooh. is he's taking his pictures. Yeah. And then it's my turn. And so the photographer motions for me to walk to the step and repeat to have my picture taken. And and the musician turns to me and says, oh, did you want a picture with me? <gasps> and I was like, um, oh, uh, because I like don't. <laughs> yeah. And the photographer says, no, I'm taking her picture. And he says, oh, are you somebody? Uh, are you somebody? Oh, and Toby, I was like, Toby Mac, brother. You are never one oh, time coming on my podcast. Now the is idea the time. Now is the time you, to say I wasn't somebody. It was a male. Solo artist or group? Solo or group? Or solo formerly a group and formerly in a group. I'm not answering this. You can just watch who ha- who I have on my podcast and you will never see him. Ever. I'll have I everyone a lot else. Of people. I bet. Well, that's two out of the three the of y'all. So. This is accountability. <laughs> that person needs to be publicly shamed right now so they never do this nope. again. Jesse, you and I both know that these step and repeat photographer people, all those photos live on the internet somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. We so if use you can figure out who was right in front of me somehow. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, it's probably pretty easily. Yeah. Okay. I we're going to, we're going we're gonna to, yeah, yeah. I'm trying right to think who if would you be pull the picture, I'll tell you the truth, the but I don't hubris. know how you're going to figure out who is right in front of me. The hubris. Who, because they do who like all these good images and stuff. Do they are just mean, like, can you rolls. imagine saying, we can almost oh, animate them. Are you somebody? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the lack of awareness. This person lives in a bubble and have has for a long time. Uh, this is a legacy. This is a legendary CCM artist. This is not a new one. It's not next gen. This isn't for king and country. This is this is this is an older one. No, because that would have been an Australian accent. Is it Michael W. w. Smith? W. Smith. That's exactly. I, I what think I was Smitty's thinking. nicer than that. I think I think you got to think about who is completely wrapped up in their own vanity. Oh, now I have names, but now I'm not going to say them because I'm basically yeah, I'm saying who say I yes. think is wrapped up in their own vanity. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to text you, Annie. I think I, I think I solved it. <laughs> Did this person I'm recently gonna... write a book? I don't no. know. CCM. I don't know. If I hold up a book. If I hold up a book, will you tell me? No. Just, just oh. offline. We won't say the name no, publicly. Said. No, no, no. I love him. The book you're okay. holding up. I love that because book. He and was, he's already been on the show. And I love that guy. Mike okay. Donahue. I uh, that's him. right. He has been on the show. Yeah, I, I, I love him. That. All right. Well, that'll do it for your feedback. There's a lot more where that came from. Go he's check the it out. person a horse lover. Online. An enthusiast for sure. <laughs> uh, okay. That'll do it for last week's feedback. Now it's time for this week's. Editorial question of the week. <laughs> well, earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, Jesse's proclivity for horse loving. And how he wants to demarket on his vehicle for all to know and share for, for the small and, price of five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about vanity that license will go plates. To an unclear charity. <laughs> and uh, and we want to know for this week's question of the week: What is the funniest, craziest, oddest vanity plate you've seen in the wild? Uh, bonus points for pictures. And uh, and if not, if you haven't seen any crazy ones, what's one you would get that would skirt by the law? 
but you know, would, would identify you in a brandable way that you would want on your vehicle for years to come. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or post your longer replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. What would you guys get? Like like number one magic fan or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for I, sure. would I wouldn't, I wouldn't like get anything that. like that's identifying of me, like Big Cat. Of you course know? you wouldn't. I would just no, have no. like you know, Big Cat. You are. That would fit perfectly. Dude, Big Cat with a K. Yeah. yeah. See, it's a good idea, but it's not. It just makes me feel weird to drive around like that. Like, Annie, you <laughs> and go, people now. Sounds fun. SNDS FM. Yeah, you could do that. I would. I would do it. But I already am like easy to identify because it's a Dolly Parton plate and a University of Georgia sticker. Like and, everybody knows. And because you're somebody. Now. Well, no, because I'm Dolly Parton and I'm Dolly I, was, Parton. I was just referring to your story. I, yeah. I know oh, you are. I am you somebody. Yes, you're right. Sorry, yeah. You are somebody, yeah. but I wasn't trying to embarrass are you. Are you somebody? Jesse, what would you? you what would your license plate be? I would just say it would just say sassy, and I would, <laughs> and I would use a sharpie to Horse draw an exclamation point. Oh, <laughs> I always oh, love that when people so modify funny. with a sharpie, you know, or I make right. the S's dollar sign. Did you know? Sharpie. Did you see that emojis are coming to license plates? Oh, really? Like oh, for the vanity wow. license plates, certain states are going to allow emojis to be one of the letters. Oh, I just I'm fine. picturing the police scanner. They're like, okay, we have a. Uh, black Chevy Tahoe. It is uh, reported stolen. License plate <laughs> QR poop emoji poop emoji <laughs> cucumber. I'm looking for the photo right now wife. on my photo roll. But this spring, I was going to an Orlando Magic game in downtown Orlando, and I was behind a very high end vehicle with blacked out windows, and the license plate said donkey sauce. <laughs> Great one. <laughs> and I it was sure I was behind Guy Fieri. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a well, good oh, joke. I love that guy. Was it a Lambo or an H2 Hummer? Because I'm oh, sure no, no, no. it was both. like a, like a, what is that? That high end Chrysler that looks like the Bentley. Yeah. It was like one of those blacked out with like black wheels, black yeah, windows. Murdered out. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's donkey that's sauce. Right. That rules. Murder out. Said donkey sauce. Um, okay. So there you go. Many thanks to Jen Hatmaker for joining us. You can follow her on Twitter at Jen Hatmaker. If you dare. It's too hot for TV. She's the best. She's awesome. Also, thanks to Squarespace for making the episode possible. You can go to squarespace.com slash relevant for free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. If you are boating out off the East coast of the U S this week, stay safe, everyone. Um, if you're out in the waters, because if you're on land, you're fine. Apparently. And and really, only if you're about 40 miles out. If you're just right on the coast of Florida, you're going to be yeah, fine. You're fine. <laughs> Enjoy a lovely sunny day. <laughs> you're fine. Oh, man. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. And I'm Annie F. Downs. I'm someone. We, we will you really see you are. on Friday. Thank you. You are someone, Annie. Thanks, guys. It was definitely <laughs> we'll on Toby Friday. Nick. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. No. I just wanna shout
Listen, your camels are coming, bro. Relevant Podcast Network.